Family Shield Ministries has a vision, working in partnership with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and other gospel-oriented Christian organizations. Family Shield seeks to impact the world for Christ and transform lives in time for eternity. Family Shield Ministries also has a mission to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen individuals and their families. But along with all this, Family Shield also has a need, a need for partnership and support from caring Christians to help with the vision and mission of family ministry. How can you help? Your donation of any size can be made securely through PayPal at FamilyShieldMinistries.com. You'll find the Click to Give tab about midway down the page. Your financial support and your prayers help keep Family Shield on the air and ministering to families through the power of Jesus Christ. FamilyShieldMinistries.com Raising children to know and love the Lord in today's world is a joy, a privilege, and a challenge. Parenting is the most important job you will ever have. How can we maintain a Christ-centered home while juggling job, sports, school, and community activities? We find the answer when we rely upon God's power, not our own. Family Shield Ministries equips Christians to go and make disciples. We believe that individuals and their families need to go first into the home to disciple their children. Join us today as we talk about discipling our children for Christ. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries. So let's look at yesterday's family just briefly. I, I uh, found a verse in God's Word that talks about Jesus when he was 12 years old. I want to read it. And his parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents were unaware of it. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And it came about that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers from Luke 2, 41 to 45. Now, we normally talk about Jesus in the temple with the Jewish leaders. But I want to just focus for a minute on these verses that talk about Jesus as a 12-year-old and Mary and Joseph realizing he wasn't with them when they returned. Jesus was a typical 12-year-old, and he wanted to be with relatives and friends. I think that's where he was uh, on the way to Jerusalem. But now, as they left, he had stayed behind. And what's interesting about these verses is it says it took Mary and Joseph three days to find him. Don't you think they would have known he would be with the teachers? Obviously, they didn't. What do you think Mary was thinking and feeling when she realized her son was left in Jerusalem? It wasn't a small town even at that time. It was a large city and many, many people. So she probably was afraid for him. I'm sure she prayed. She was a good Jewish mother. And I'm sure Joseph prayed too. But she probably also worried she was afraid for him. She didn't know where he was. 
So I think one of the conclusions we can come from this is that although families have changed over the years, some things have not changed. Families still love each other. They still get scared and worried about their loved ones. Families still pray. And so much more. But yesterday's families, yes, we have changed from those years. But many things stay the same. And God loves families. Think a minute about your family. How has it changed? How has it stayed the same? My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I walked to school. I wrote an article about my mom in my Witnessing a Lifestyle book entitled, A Mom Who Shared Her Faith. I want to read just a portion of it for you. My mom was in the hospital. It was serious, but as usual, she wasn't thinking about herself. She was thinking about her family. Kay, did I tell you that Diane works at this hospital? Dad and I saw her in the emergency room the day I was admitted. You haven't seen each other in years. Why don't you go downstairs right now and see if you can talk to her? I did go downstairs at the hospital and found my old childhood friend. Diane and I had a quick but enjoyable reunion. My mother, Eunice Schoenberger, passed from death to life on May 5, 1998. She was a mother who shared her faith with her husband, my sisters, me, eight grandchildren, one great-grandson, and hundreds of family members and friends. She lived 77 years before entering into the heavenly kingdom. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to share your faith. As I thought about my mother, several key phrases stood out about her life. I want to share them with you. Mom was always there for us. She was available and involved in her family's lives. She never worked outside of the home, but she was always actively involved with family, friends, and in the community. She showed her love through words and actions. When we were young, she was our brownie leader and our Girl Scout leader, a room mother, and a Sunday school teacher. Her involvement and love didn't change as we grew up and began having families of our own. Family was always top priority. She was an involved wife, mother, and grandmother. Until a few years before she died, Mom would have the entire family over for dinner at least twice a month. Those family gatherings would include three daughters, their husbands, eight grandchildren, and more recently, granddaughters, husbands, and children. She used her spiritual gifts in service to others. Her spiritual gifts included service, hospitality, and administration. She knew Christ as her Savior and talked about her relationship with him often. Mom wasn't perfect, but she knew she was forgiven. She didn't just share her faith with her family, but with others as well. She was confident of her eternal life. Mom was only ill for seven weeks. Following her surgery, she said, Kay, I'll fight to live for my family but I want you to know I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'm going, and I'm not afraid. Heaven is a much better place. Mom was involved in the community. She and my father were active in many community organizations. I praise and thank God for my mother. I'm thankful she was always there for me, and I'm most thankful for her love. Most of all, I'm thankful that she shared her faith with me. This is God's plan. He wants us to share God's word and our faith with our families. Don't wait. Share your faith today. 
So I shared that short story about my mom, and um, even though it's been many years, uh, she's always close to my heart, and I look forward to being in heaven and seeing her again someday. I was also a stay-at-home mom until my youngest son was 10 years old. At the time, my oldest son was 18 and my daughter was 15. I am so thankful for those years to be able to spend a lot of time with my children. Everybody doesn't have that opportunity, though, especially today. So let me talk just a little bit more about how we can help today's parents teach their children to know and love Jesus. God's plan is for families to tell the next generation about the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. God tells us not to conceal his great and mighty acts from our children, but to tell the next generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and wonderful works. How do we share God's love with our children? What hinders you from doing that? How do we begin the process of spiritual nurture and discipleship within the home? We take the children to be baptized, or we dedicate them to the Lord. They are a gift from God. Acts 2 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. We teach them to pray. I'm going to talk more about prayer in a little bit. We help them grow spiritually, and of course that's a process. From the time they are little to the time they're teenagers or young adults, we do this in many and varied ways. We take them to church and Sunday school. And we demonstrate our love through words and actions. Spiritual conversations are important. Talk to them about their Savior. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them you love them. It doesn't always have to be a spiritual conversation about God, but conversations just by themselves are important in the discipleship process. They need to know who they are and whose they are, and they are God's child and your child as well. We need to recognize that the home is probably the most difficult place to live your faith couple Bible verses that I like to share when I talk about that. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's no better place than sharing our faith in the home, but it's also important that we learn to say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I messed up. As we do that with our children, they will learn to do that when they are in trouble or have done something wrong as well. And Ephesians 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as God in Christ forgave you. So let's talk for a minute about some of the obstacles that we face in establishing family devotions and family faith time in the home. I have four. I could come up with many more, but just four basic ones. Time is an obstacle. No one has enough time to do devotions in the home, read the Bible, 
help the children find appropriate resources, but we need to take the time to do that. It's just part of our life, and we need to help our children understand God's Word and Jesus is important to us. So we take the time to do that. Another obstacle can be the ages of our children. When our family was growing up, my youngest son was three years old, my daughter was eight, and our older son was 11. Now to have an appropriate, which I always say, you know, make sure it's an appropriate devotion or, or talk for their age, is impossible with those three ages. So we kind of rotated. If we did a devotion for the three-year-old, I would involve the older two in some way, so they were helping me with the devotion. But at other times, I would have a devotion that was geared more for the older children. And then the little one just had to learn to sit and quietly listen, maybe not comprehend as much. So the ages of our children can be challenging, but we can handle that, and we need to do that. The other that I see a lot is law and no gospel in our homes. Do this, do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. You know, if we expect our children to be perfect, we know they will fail. And we know we can't be perfect. So we need to have both law and gospel in our home. We need to have rules and regulations. But we also need to remember that we need to help them understand what Jesus did for them, that he suffered and died to take away their sins. So we could have a grace day. And on a day when they've done something really bad, you could say today's a gospel day. And rather than punishing you for what you did, we're going to forgive you. No punishment. Just today. Because Jesus, that's what he did for you when he suffered on the cross. We can't do that all the time. Because when they do something wrong, they need to know that that's wrong. But once in a while, we can give them a gospel day and help them understand what it means to be forgiven. And of course, our own sinful nature. We are sinners. And uh, we will come up with all kinds of excuses to not have time to have family faith time or devotions in the home or those spiritual conversations. But as Christians, we commit ourselves to doing this, to helping our children. And when we fail, we ask God to forgive us. So I talked a little bit about family devotions, but another term I often use is family faith time. This should be relevant, age-appropriate, And we should use interactive learning, especially with younger children. Keep devotions short and age-appropriate. Now, what I normally tell parents is if your child is three, the devotion should be around three minutes. Uh, If they're five, they can be around five minutes. But as they get to be teenagers, you don't have to have them that long. So how do we do interactive learning? We use questions. We play games. We use concrete items, especially with young children, because they don't understand abstract what that means. And uh, some things that are abstract are faith and God. They're not something you can show them. So again, we need to learn how to use concrete items to help them understand these terms. We do something or make something together and talk about God. So a few things that I've done over the years with my children and grandchildren, make Play-Doh. I have a recipe I loved, and I still have it somewhere. I'd always make it when the kids were young. We'd make a cross, and we talked about Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. I'd help them make a tomb, and we'd talk about Jesus. 
We could make some animals. Young children can make a snake really easily. And we can talk about the creations, the animals and creatures that God created. We can make a turtle. I usually had to help them with that. You can come up with something that you can make. And then talk about the Lord in what he has created. Another thing that I did often with my children as they were growing up is fingerprint art. I got a book from the library years ago about thumbprint art, and we created pictures using our thumbprint with a stamp pad. And then I told them, God made you unique and special. Do you know that no one else in the world has your thumbprint? We hung their pictures up so we would be reminded of how unique and special we are to the Lord. And we left those on the refrigerator for a long time. Family Shield offers listeners many resources for devotions and family faith time with children and youth. Like the podcast we did, oh, it's been a while ago, but I loved it, Five-Minute Bible Studies. The book is on our recommended book link on the website, and the podcast can be found on the website as well, Five-Minute Bible Studies. I do want to let you know that Today, Family Shield is giving away 10 of my books, Witnessing a Lifestyle. Half of the book, Witnessing a Lifestyle, is about raising our children to know and love Jesus. And it includes four segments, Witnessing Basics, Witnessing Begins at Home, Witnessing During Holidays, and Witnessing in the Community. The end of the book also includes some discussion starters for small groups or small Bible study groups. And we're going to give 10 of those books away. If you'd like to receive a copy, email us your physical address at witness to family at gmail.com or call us at 1-877-250-8416. 10 books will be given away, no cost, and we will also cover the postage. So again, witness to family at gmail.com or 1-877-250-8416. I hope that many of you will sign up to get those 10 books. You can also purchase that book and our other books on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. So let me go back to our topic. Family life and faith formation can be messy. It's tough, isn't it? Even in Christian families, tempers sometimes flare Families sometimes find themselves irritated by insignificant events. Then, too, we don't talk with each other about our faith or about our Savior as often as we should. Family devotions and talking about our faith can be scary. We all know we should worship and pray together as a family, but sometimes we don't because we just don't know how. Here are, again, additional activities you can do together with your children. These ideas will help you share your faith with your children and your grandchildren. As you begin, you may want to try to spend time together once a week with this type of activity. Uh, Use shaving cream for finger painting on a kitchen table if you have very young children. Uh, Shaving cream is like soap, so it'll wash right off of a kitchen table, not a good uh, dining room table. And uh, let the kids just scribble and then draw a cross and talk to them about uh, the Lord and what he has done for them. Uh, You can erase it and then draw something else. Again, an animal um, or whatever you want to talk about. You can just draw a house, very simple, and talk about how God provides you with your parents 
that take care of you and the house and the food that they give you uh, are drawn animal. It's pretty easy. Again, it doesn't need to be fancy. You can take an ABC walk together at the park or in your backyard and talk about God's creation. Just take a piece of paper and draw write A through Z on the left and then walk. And as you walk, uh, at let's say as you're at the park, you talk to them about the letter A. And if they're very little, you might be sharing the sound of A and say, what begins with an A? And if they can't think of anything, give them a hint. Look down at the sidewalk. What little things do you see crawling down there? And they'll say an ant. Yes, ant begins with A. Or you might have an apple with you, other sounds. You can help them learn their sounds and also talk about the things that God created. You don't have to do the A through Z. That's way too long for them. Stop and say, we'll we'll keep this for the next time we walk, and next time we'll do three or four more letters. Uh, And uh, also sing children's songs together. Learn some of them at Sunday school and vacation Bible school that your child likes or get a, a CD of some of the music that is geared for children. Uh, it's a fun thing to do. You can do it as you're driving in the car in all kinds of ways. Teach your children to pray and then pray together. Our grandchildren have used construction paper to make a prayer cube for mealtime prayers. The cube has a prayer written on each side. The child and parents write the prayers on each side after making it. Then the child is invited to throw it on the kitchen table before a meal. Whatever prayer points up is the one the family prays together. So on our website, I want to mention we have the directions to make the prayer cube. It's very simple. It's just paper. And you can use construction paper or regular typing paper. And we have six or seven prayers on the website. But let me just read a couple of them. The first one is ABC123. Thank you, God, for feeding me. Now, that's obviously for a very young child. And then the next one is TikTok Goes the Clock. This is a song, but I'm not good at singing, so I won't sing it. Now it's time to pray. God, our Father, God, our Father, once again, once again, we will ask your blessing. We will ask your blessing. Amen. So again, our our prayer cube directions and prayers are on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. Go to Family Ministry, and you'll find links for various things, including that cube, prayer cube. Allow members of the family to take turns leading the mealtime prayer and pray together at bedtime and other times during the day. Make prayer a priority. You can also make a prayer chain and wrap your home in prayer. After a meal or during a devotion, allow each person in the family to write a prayer on a piece of paper, maybe two inches by six inches, and help the young children write it or write it for them. Then pray for each request. After you've prayed, connect the slips of paper by stapling them together into a prayer chain. Continue to add prayer links to your chain after devotions. Soon you'll have a prayer chain that wraps your kitchen or your family room in prayer. Don't forget periodically to review the prayers and see how God has been answering your prayer. You can do that with any age and they will be inviting people that come into your home to see if they have a prayer they can add to your prayer chain. We have a new booklet I want to promote and share with you and send to you free if you'd like one. Let's Walk and Pray, Ideas for Your Family and Friends Prayer Walk. 
And we have additional resources available on the website digitally about family prayer walks. But if you'd like a copy of this new booklet, order yours by calling us at 877-250-8416 or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. We will mail them, so please give us your physical address when you send us this. You can also get a copy of it on the website digitally. And a couple games that I don't have time to go into, but I have on our website, and they're also in my Witnessing a Lifestyle book that we're going to be giving away, are Bible Tic-Tac-Toe and Bible Charades. And these are fun. We did them all the time with our children. You can change what you do so it's never the same, and it's a great way to share Christ and God's Word and have a good time with your family, our extended family. My devotion, M&M's Remind Me of God, is a devotion that's in my book, Witnessing a Lifestyle. And again, we're going to give away 10 of those books. We'll share more about that in just a minute here. So just additional thoughts about discipleship of our children uh, as we uh, conclude the program. Learn to tell your children you're sorry when you do something wrong. They will then learn how to do that, too. That's critical. That is part of the Christian faith, forgiveness. Equip parents to understand and express their faith to their children. Have spiritual conversations with them often. I remember going on a a confirmation retreat with my son years ago, and it was so sad to hear one of those children, eighth grade, say, I don't know if my mom and dad believe in God or not. I have never heard them talk about God. And this was a child that was in a Lutheran school. It was pretty sad to hear that he didn't even know if his parents loved God or knew God. Take a grace focus and not just share the law. I shared that earlier about how you could do a grace moment. Don't just talk about grace, but live out confession and absolution in your daily life. Activities alone or with your children can involve devotions, attending church together, talking about Jesus, going to nursing homes with your children, giving rides to older people that might need a ride, mowing lawns, doing service projects, and remembering the elderly that might need help in your community. Daily routines, fun family traditions, we haven't talked about traditions, joyful activities that remind them of their identity in Christ. We need to help them understand who they are and whose they are. They are a forgiven child of God. And that's important that we talk to them about that and help them understand that. Parents should talk about how God is working in their family and in others' lives. Bring up Bible verses. Give God thanks for the joys. Children will learn to follow this example. Again, get them involved at church as an usher, yard work, greeting people, playing music. Talk about and live out our faith. Do things together in the community. So as I close, I want to mention again that we're giving away 10 copies of my book, Witnessing a Lifestyle. To receive a copy, email us your physical address to witness to family at gmail.com or call us at 877-250-8416. The books will be mailed out by the end of September. Most importantly, as you disciple your children, keep your focus on Jesus, the Savior of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Thank you.